So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Valentine's 2013 edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and over here, uh, Cupid of the North, Jane Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jane? Have fun. I'm fantastic. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. I'm excited about tonight's show. Me too. I'm really excited. I'm going to do something really different tonight too. Uh oh. So um, I'm going to give everybody a second to, and we'll we will. I promise we will type this out and put it on the website underneath the show. But I'm going to get everybody a second. We're going to banter for a minute. You have time to go get yourselves a pen and a piece of paper, or to open up a word thing on your computer so that you could write down what I'm going to give you in a minute. Because um, oh, wow. I have something special for everybody. We like special tonight. Yes, because it's Valentine's Day, and one of the things that um, I'm sure I know that uh, Stacy will agree with me, one of the things that I really love to do for the people I love is um, make things for them. And one of those things that I don't talk about much on the show, um, but occasionally post on Facebook, um, that super talented, super sexy me also happens to be a kitchen goddess, and I love to bake, like love to bake with people when they love what I'm making for them. And so my daughter, she doesn't like sweets at all. Like she doesn't like cake, she doesn't like pie, she's just strange child. She <laughs> she only yeah. likes rainbow she, colored she, hair and no sweets. Yes, she likes rainbow colored hair and no sweets. She likes um cheesecake, which is cool, but she doesn't like any of the normal things that you would bake for a kid. So, um, but she does have one favorite thing, which is chocolate chip cookies. Ah. So I went in search of, and I'm trying to cook gluten-free these days, uh, to bake gluten-free and to right. cook gluten-free. So I went in search of um, a chocolate chip cookie recipe from scratch that people could die for, that I could substitute gluten-free products into, um, that I wouldn't have to buy store-bought chocolate chip cookies, Right. Right. And I stumbled on this recipe that if you tweak it with your own stuff and substitute, um, you can either substitute nuts for the chocolate chips or in, in this case, the recipe that I'm going to give you is fruit for the chocolate chips. Um, it, they, they're to die for. Like they're the chewiest, nicest. They're those big, 
warm, beautiful cookies that you see in the bake shops. Um, I've tweaked the recipe a bit because that's what I do when I get playing around in the kitchen. I've cut the sugar back, um, and you can substitute. You can use gluten-free flour if you want, or you can use regular flour. It's up to you. Um, and, you know, I've tweaked it a little bit, and oh, my goodness. So is everybody ready? Chocolate chip cookies to die for. It's actually it's, it's a Valentine's Day uh-huh. love chip cookies. Love chip is cookies. Is what I'm going to call them. Yes. Valentine's Day love chip cookies. Okay, so you will need two cups of flour, half a teaspoon of baking soda, half a teaspoon of salt, Quarters of a cup of melted unsalted butter. Yes, I know. Everybody's like, ah, so much butter. But, yeah, it's so worth it. Trust me. Um, One cup of, I prefer to use dark brown sugar. Packed. Okay. So pack that down and get the dark, as dark as you can get. They turn out amazing if you use super dark brown sugar. Yummy, Um, yummy dark brown sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So, one um, half a tablespoon of vanilla extract and half a tablespoon of brandy or rum extract for flavoring. One egg and one egg white. One cup of chopped up finely fresh strawberries and one cup of white chocolate chips. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah. You, oh, these are so good. Okay. It's very easy to do, guys. It's very easy. So when when you again when you're talking about the flour, I actually have discovered that the um, gluten-free all-purpose flour tastes better than regular with gluten in it flour. I don't know why that is, but it's you know awesome. Okay, so uh, you just you preheat the oven to 325. Make sure that your cookie sheets are greased. You're going to need to grease them, however you like to do that. Um, even the nonstick sheets, you still want to grease them, and you'll understand why in a minute. So sift together your flour, your baking soda, your salt, and just set that aside. And then cream together the butter, your sugar, beat in the vanilla, your egg, and your egg white until it's nice and light and fluffy. Then mix in the sifted flour ingredients until it's just barely blended, and then stir in your strawberries and your chocolate chips. Now, here's the kicker, the bake times. This is very important. This is the most important part of the whole recipe, okay? So you can make these really big cookies that people are just going to really want to just kiss you all Child. over for. Yeah. You can yeah, you can use a quarter cup of dough, believe it or not, drop it onto the cookie, bake it for 18 minutes, or... You can do a tablespoon of dough dropped onto the cookie sheet and bake that for 15 minutes. Now, the key to this is is that you're baking for 15 and 18 minutes because you only want to get it crispy on the outside, and then you're going to pull it out, and you're going to set it on the counter, and you need to leave it on the cookie sheet for two to three minutes only, and then take them off and put them on a plate because the cookie sheet is going to let them cook a little bit longer. But if you leave them in the oven too long, you're going to overcook them. And that's how you get them chewy on the inside. And don't worry about the fact that you're using fresh fruit in a cookie because, trust me, they will not last long enough for them to go bad. That is a promise. So there is your yummy No refrigeration needed because they're gone. Love chips. I'm 
Love I'm, dro- I'm drooling. I got to go get a napkin or something. <laughs> so happy Valentine's Day, guys. That's my gift to you for today. Um, we will for all you moms and girls and guys out there who love cookies and love to bake and love to play in the kitchen. This basic, very basic cookie recipe, play with it. You can substitute so much stuff and you can me- mix it up and mess it up. Um, just well, I mean, strawberries and have you, know, fun. you could you could particularly in season some Mount Rainier cherries or yeah I don't know stuff absolutely 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 um you know the basic basics are two cups of stuff so uh, two cups of chocolate chips or two cups of two cups of nuts and chocolate chips or two cups of fruit or two cups of it doesn't matter just have fun two with cups it of and enjoy for your love chip cookies. There you go. Uh-huh. And, yeah, they're, mm, they're so good. Yum. So Mary had a couple of good points there. She, she once said, you know, when did everybody become so gluten conscious? And we did when we talked to the doc, I suppose. Yes. Dr. Terry Walls. Yes. But, you know, the, the truth of the matter on that, though, is um, that some people are not gluten sensitive at all. So for some people, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. However, for those who do have neuromuscular disorders or have rheumatoid arthritis and, and other arthritis issues and, and muscle and joint issues, yeah. I always You're recommend trying to go yeah. gluten-free to see if it makes a difference for you. Or if you're having digestive issues or even like mucus chest issues, try going gluten-free just to see if it makes a difference. But you got to give yourself a good seven days of it, and you have to be aware that you're going to suffer from withdrawals because gluten is very addictive, believe it or not, and you're going to go through the withdrawals. So you're going to be cranky. You're going to be moody. Just stick with it. And if it actually makes you feel physically better, great. Then you can switch over to gluten-reduced or gluten-free diet. If it doesn't make a difference in how you feel, go back to eating your bread. Yeah. Because I love yeah. bread. But but <laughs> before, you know, truth be told, before the Green Revolution, when they introduced hybridized wheat that was going to solve the hunger problem on the planet, there was there really wasn't nearly this level of gluten in wheat at all. And a lot of gluten intolerant people, if they use an heirloom wheat, they don't have to worry about it, but uh, so it's a it's a modern thing. This level of gluten that's in wheat, icky. Yeah. Yes. It's kind it's, of and the early genetic engineering. They just did it by crossbreeding, but they did brought things like rice and weird stuff they put together to make this green revolution. <laughs> it also created in there that chemical that uh, acts on the brain like. Um, Amphetamines. It's a protein. Yes. And, yeah, it can be very addictive. But, anyway, um, we have peeps. We have guests. We do. And, oh, wow. All the peeps need to mute their computers now. Uh, So we have a double echo. (laughs) That's cool. I can All, all the computers in New Brunswick, New Jersey, need to be sound off. <laughs> that See, would there be we go. Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are you still getting an echo? No, it's beautiful. It's perfect. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Oh, good. good. Can you hear me now? How about now? Can you hear me now? We're, 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 we're welcome. 
Welcome, 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 and happy Valentine's Day. Hi, happy Valentine's Day. Day. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yay, happy Love Day, everybody. Happy Love Day. We have a big dilemma tonight. Love Day. What are we going to talk about? What are we going to play? You know, that's a good uh, good idea. I wanted to talk about what, you know, the outfits that Stacey and I were wearing, but I don't think that was on the air, and that's good because it wasn't funny. So it's gonna it's uh, gonna be all right. <laughs> I actually no, I, I'm pulling for an early break so I can go get pajamas so I can match everybody else. Why don't I want to play the pajamas for you? Well, we'll just wait for you. We're not going anywhere. Go change in your jammies. Get comfortable. Okay, you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna go get in. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk more about the cookies and and uh, that took a lot of that took a lot of convincing. Yeah. And I'll be back. Okay. Well, yes. All, all right. right. Comfort is really I'll key in, in life. Because I'm in jammies, and um, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what kind of a rewarding career I can have in jammies. Because it's, I'm just a big fan of comfy these days. You know I, that I, industry I, is growing all the time. That industry is growing all the time. Don't don't sell it short. There are a million ways to 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 sell in your house now in jammies. They said Walter Cronkite in 1967 predicted that people would have home offices at least one computer station in their in their home where they could do business shop do all the things they could do outside the home so i guess that's the good and the bad of it oh yeah and uh and i'm thinking maybe i can find some sort of i don't know uh asiany uh guru type something i can wear that looks really cool bring back but, the dashiki but feels like pajamas you know Bring back the dashiki. Remember, dashikis were acceptable up until about 1978. And then something happened. Leisure suits, they're easy to put on. You just put them over anything. Uh, yeah. I had several of those. They were, you know, quite the thing. And, uh, Tell us some of the colors, Rick. What were the colors you had? Because I had some crazy. My dad had the craziest colors, but I had a robin's egg blue one. I had a robin's egg blue one, and uh, I also had one that was that was basically the uh, Matlock leisure suit. It was seersucker stripes, but in polyester. <laughs> Matlock. Matlock seersucker. That's a fancy suit. That is and, a fancy uh, suit. Uh, Do you still have then, them or no? You, no, I don't. And 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 because fortunately they they wouldn't fit me now anyway, so they've been long since gone. But <laughs> the uh, belt wouldn't be able. You wouldn't be able to get the belt around. That was very important in a leisure suit is to have that belt. Oh yeah, across and, the middle. And then, of course, the shirts that I had to go with my leisure search, suits were kind of uh, shiny, almost really. Right. And um, with collars that went, I think, to my knees. They called the them high rolls. They were yeah. high roll collars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was amazing. If anybody's, if anyone wants to know what we're talking about, watch any old old um, American Bandstand or Soul Train, um, and you will see those fashions yes. abundantly. If you can get the a hold of some of those old. The, those pointy pointy collars on your shirt that you know could go all the way past the tips of your shoulders, no problem. If you look in your old yearbook, you'll see a couple of guys that made that choice back in the seventies. In my case, and you know, you wonder where are they today? What are they doing today? <laughs> because they have to be every one of those pictures everywhere. Any relative that has one of those pictures has probably had them either taken back or burned or something. Because embarrassing, embarrassing isn't even the word. Does that have anything to do with Valentine's Day? <laughs> I'm not really entirely sure, but uh, we 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 have our uh, 
we have our phoenix back, and and as any good woman warrior would be, she's in pink jammies with cupcakes on them. <clears throat> yes, I am actually. That's uh-huh. that's sweet. <laughs> uh, pink cupcakes with jam- Yes, cupcakes, cupcakes, cupcakes. It's all right. They're not cookies. I'm getting hungry. First the cookies, now the cupcakes. Why why do I want to go munch? What's the problem? I'm sorry. It's Valentine's Day. It's a chocolate day, you know? I mean, this is the day when you're supposed to be eating sweets, right? Yeah. Like Christmas and Halloween. We looked up the origin of Valentine's just before the show. And sometime in the 15th century, I think, they began giving confections, it said, together on Valentine's Day. But Aww. was there any real love pledging, or was there was there a day that was more uh, was there a time to pledge your love for someone, or uh, it was, sort of? It was it was this Saint Valentinus, with hmm. Roman name, and he was doing terrible things like ministering to Christians when they were not part of the official Roman religion, and and marrying soldiers that weren't supposed to marry, and you know, it was all those horrible crimes against. Oh. Humanity. So he was imprisoned, eventually killed. And um, how that came to be love, apparently he wrote some letter to the daughter of uh, his jailer, and she was healed from some illness when she got the letter. And uh, it was signed from your Valentine. Oh, very interesting. And then yeah. Vatican II just erased that beautiful story. Yeah, all gone. From our memories. Oof. Yeah, poof. <laughs> and you know it's funny I was thinking before the, before the show this 2013 thing like people talking about a time of change and all that it's like what do they think the Pope's going to up and quit or something or, oh. <laughs> yeah that's the old joke does okay. the Pope quit in the woods or does he wait to go back to the Vatican I, I, I really don't know uh, having been raised Roman Catholic it's very it's very hard for me to um, imagine a Pope quitting before he died it really is it's never happened in my lifetime I'm, I'm 58 years oh. old, and I remember a couple of popes, and none of them ever, obviously, this is something that obviously hasn't happened since the And, and the physical frailty? I mean, come now, we had popes that could barely breathe, much less walk. I mean, I'm not well, making fun, frankly. but let's let's look at the let's look at the previous pontiff here, uh, John Paul II. He he was he, he was sleeping most of the time, the poor thing. I mean, I mean, he, I love he held him fast. very much, but he, he was not there. Towards the end. No, he had that staff. Thank goodness, because that held him. That held him steady. Again, I'm not making fun. This man, he, <laughs> he held his post until literally he was. He was. He couldn't sit. He couldn't even sit. So I mean, yeah. for this to happen, there, there's always that. You know, the conspiracy theorists are going crazy, thinking, "Oh, this eh. is fine or something." Uh-huh. Eh. It's you know what it is. It's just something that's been here around so long, and, and it's been such a standard for so many people in their lives, and it's a guide for many people. You know, spiritually. Uh, and now something like this happens, you know, it, it does it does uh, shake things well, up, so to speak. Well, and for as much it's as we talk the church, it did some important things about carrying writing and things forward through some dark times. But 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 other than that, you know, it's going to open the door for change. Um, and it's uh, we actually have a really interesting show coming up that you guys are going to love. Um, we're bringing on a friend of ours, Robert Miller. And um, he's done some astronomy readings around the date that the Pope, interestingly enough, chose um, to to resign on. So he's going to come on and he's going to talk about what the stars have to say about this whole 
experiment. I'm going to call it an experiment because, I, frankly, I think he's a little late in doing it, first of all. Um, he should have done it a couple of years ago, but that's neither here nor there. He, he's finally in that space now. And I think it's going to open up the door for um, for somebody to step in. And, and you know, it, it's going to it, – it's already said we're open to change because he's doing something that hasn't been done in hundreds of years. Um, so now we're going to bring in a new pope who's ready to take on the challenge of revamping the Catholic Church because we're talking about – we can't destroy a faith that uplifts and inspires millions of people. That's just not a feasible solution. But we could rework it a little bit. We could rework the structure and we could rework the the you know, the power structure of it and what goes on behind the closed doors. So I think that that's what's going to happen and I'm actually for the first time in years excited about somebody going into conclave because I'm excited to see who's going to come out as you know the the next the next cool dude. Yeah, we yeah. we uh, Stacy wouldn't know anything about that. The <laughs> I've just well, put a link uh, to SoundCloud up in the. Uh, oh, thank you. I was just going to mention it. There's a professor who's pretty funny about that. Um, that morning they were coming through with that, that David Bowie song, Changes, and they were laughing. They were just laughing really hard. Religion as we know it, I mean, has absolutely shifted in a lot of ways just just within um, our lifetime. Um, now, I don't know what to do about the echo. I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, That's okay. Yeah, I don't know what to do about the echo. I'm sorry. Uh, happens. But, it's okay. Um, you sound mysterious. Radio. <laughs> well, yes, we're in the ca- we're actually in the catacombs of uh, um, yeah the heavy anyway, reverb ca- goes with the leisure suits. That's so, right, yeah, where they all go. Me, love her. <laughs> but but getting back to this thing with religion, I mean, it, religion as we know it has has shifted and changed uh, to some degree. Some have become softer. Some have taken a more hard line, more more fundamentalist stuff. But religion, uh, you know, I really <laughs> feel that. Um, and even the professors briefly touched on it once, that religion in our lifetime is just not going to go away. Um, there are still people who who need it and, and whatever, but it is it has to shift, though. It has to shift. And it was very interesting um, for, for anybody listening in, if you want to go to, um, you can go to SoundCloud under Stacey Kirchival, and we have uh, a channel there uh, entitled Resignation of Pope Benedict, and they talked about the next. Uh oh. Hello. And she ran away. She went away. Yeah. <laughs> she went she away. She had all. She said um, all she wanted to say, and that was it. Hello. And then she's gone. <laughs> and it sounds like you're on well, the speakerphone, Mark. She could just come in the room with you. It would be cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I was. I went downstairs to uh, <laughs> to get the, get rid of the echo. If the speaker's not a, uh, you know, if it's not a, uh, it's not a problem. Annoyance. You sound good. All right. Yeah, she let's, can just uh, come down there. Let's see you, if we can please. work that out. Hold on a second. We've lost her. This is good for my uh, cardiovascular workout. <laughs> there you going go. Going for a walk. Yeah, well, I think I think it would be truly and honestly irresponsible for any of us to wish for um, a complete collapse of the Catholic Church. I oh no, no, it's never going to happen. Absolutely. I think that I think that in all fairness that. 
although there is a great deal of history of of death and destruction around that particular institution, there is also a great deal of love and support, and they have done some amazing things within the world. So I think that if we have behind the scenes somebody in power who is willing to open the door to changes and and allow the church to rework itself, not from within but from without, to actually listen to what the people want um, and, and go that way, then I think that it will really finally truly be a religion for the people. And um, I think that they, you know, when the time comes that religion is no longer needed, I would like it to be said that the Catholic Church spent its last days as a beacon of light to the world as opposed to what its reputation holds now, which is... Right. I. You know, well, I, I would prefer it to go the other way. And uh, it's just well, one of those things. It has to change or die, and, and too many people lean on it. And too many people within the church are just wonderful, loving beacons of light, uh, providing that support to people. And, um, you know, uh, everybody can find something wrong with just about any church or faith or, you know, because it's made up of people and people are, you know, well... What was it Adamus St. Germain said during one of his recent channels? He said, humans have issues. <laughs> of course, he, he said that's okay, but, you know, humans have issues. So uh, I agree with, you know, Cryon back in 2005 and the professors on the day of the announcement that that uh, it's a big ship and it'll turn kind of slowly, but uh, I think that it's going to turn and I think that that uh, Sir Benedict was a was holding space for that to be able to happen. <laughs> what did the him? They said he was keeping the seat warm. <laughs> right, right, bench warm. I think he knew that though, and I that's think so the too. thing. I think he, yes. I think he yes. knew that, and I think yes. that I think that it's just his stubborn pride that let him to hold on really as long as he did, because I I don't think he ever intended to stay through to the end. I don't think it was ever intended for him to stay through the end. Well, what happened, how how the professor said it was he knew going in that basically he was just going to be a a seat warmer. He knew going in. Yeah, and see, Um, I was told two years ago that he was supposed to step down. So I think he did not want it to appear. That was like the height of the sexual abuse scandal, and I don't think he wanted to even be able to appear that he quit because of that. Fair oh, and, and I can support that. I can support that. And so but it was never it intended for him to stay. No. No, and also the pictures uh, of him uh, as a young man, as a Hitler youth. I mean, I think we pretty much hit the bottom, uh, you know, on that thing because it, in, in many cases they, uh, you know, you know, for years people were saying, well, there's always there always seems to be Italian uh, men, you know, Italian cardinals being uh, elevated to to pope. And, uh, you know, that was the whole thing. And then, uh, you know, with, with Pope John Paul especially, and being um, uh, not not an Italian cardinal, not an Italian uh, uh, pontiff um, no, for many people. No, he was Polish. He was Polish, sure. <laughs> and at that time, uh, if you remember, uh, there, was a, there was a big upheaval in Poland uh, with uh, Lech Walesa and the, and the workers, um, uh, Saladinarsh. And um, it, it all seemed to play kind of, you know, sort of the same – you know, it just was like harmonic uh, convergence of uh, 
<laughs> of things and events of political and of, of you know of, in this case of religious events that seem to uh it seemed to help uh along the whole issue in Europe obviously you know with with communism and so on it was it was almost hard to 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 fight the case for communism when you had you know two guys like that um literally products of that coming out and saying that no there's you know people still you know matter more than anything it's it's human beings and and their spirituality which is a private thing so if there was any any pontiff that changed anything to me uh, any any pope that changed anything to me in my lifetime in one person's lifetime would be would be John Paul II a lot of things started coming out then you know a lot of a lot of some of the secrets that you know weren't so such great things and you know those that's when they came out this one also made apologies. This one uh, also, if I'm not mistaken, sort of uh, started making some apologies um, for uh, some of the things uh, that have gone on in the Catholic Church with its priests. And, oh, yeah. And, and how everything was hidden and swept under the rug, right? Or, or, and he made some apologies, I think, for World War II, for the, for the church's role in World War II. That is huge in and of itself. So you can already see the tide changing and how a certain amount of responsibility is being taken. And let's face it, that's the first step towards any sort of awakening or any sort of, of moving into this love-based paradigm is, number one, accepting some sort of responsibility. So, I mean, that's just how I feel about it. And the next one is basically how the professors put it anyway, was that he's going to just kind of blow the lid off of certain things and show how things really work, um, uh, that there's actually going to be some uh, some dissension uh, in the ranks, even at the Vatican, as a result of this. Uh, but basically, he carries the energetic of wanting to bring a kinder, gentler, more compassionate, more empathetic, more loving face to the Catholic Church. And, and that, uh, apparently, according to what the professors have said anyway, um, that seems to be the energetic that he's carrying. Not that he's going to be all hearts and flowers and roses, you know, no, no. and candy, you know, but... Um, but he's, but this pope being a transition sort of pope, I guess, I think that's how Cryon referred to him, right. being a transition pope, right? right. Um, he sort of has already laid the groundwork um, and, and accepting some responsibility. So it's just pretty interesting. Yeah, you know? I think between what this, what, what this pope has done and what John Paul II did, that whoever comes in has a nice stage set to be able to make some progressive moves. And again, it's a, the, 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 the state of church instead of the church of state, <laughs> the ship of church is huge and it doesn't turn on a dime. Uh, and, uh, and it can't but, uh, just be, it can't the only just turn be in the, the heat you get away with is because you can't fire a Pope. It can't Once you get in there, the you got to die. It's the church right. either, right? It's got to be the, the stage has to be set globally. So we have to be, we had to be prepared globally in order to accept, be willing to accept the possibility of a pulp from, say, one of the third world countries. Well, and I because I just can't get over how interestingly uh, synchronistic it might be, this fellow from Buenos Aires that they've talked about on the short list. His parents are Italian. So the See? Italians only type cardinals would... Yeah perhaps accept him because his parents are Italian. And so he's really Italian. He just was born in Buenos Aires. But then again, he was born and raised in Buenos Aires in a third world country with 
you know, surrounded by children that have a slightly different viewpoint. And uh, uh, so that could be a really powerful combination. Of course, we've got some interesting cats on the short list. So Yeah. Um, it's yeah, going to be an interesting trip. A couple of couple of cardinals. Uh, there were a couple of names from from Africa, which was interesting. But if you notice, a lot of these, <clears throat> a lot of them, um, I mean, the ages of, of some of these 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 cardinals is is amazing. I mean, you're talking you're talking late eighties, early eighties. I think the youngest the youngest on the list that I saw was uh, 1941. I don't know if yeah I don't know if that was a little bit younger. They always the professors always show him to be whatever they talk about him even now they show him uh, the professors like whenever they when they've been talking about this I I don't get a real young man like I get a vision of a a very vibrant uh, very vibrant uh, man and I see him as younger but I perceive that as that he's just very vibrant and young in spirit uh, regardless of his age you know. Wasn't one of the favorites, uh, the the Filipino, isn't he in his fifties, late fifties? Yeah. Oh, really? And, okay. And, well, then I, I, and, I yeah. might have missed that one, but I, I didn't see anybody that was born in the fifties or the late, even the late forties, which kind of surprised me. But I guess I might have been also could have been that I was looking at an old list. They do <clears throat> elevate, like for uh, for example, they just elevated the um, the bishop, the Archbishop of New York, to uh, uh, Timothy Dolan as a cardinal now. So. He might. I don't know. He he's he could be the dark horse, so to speak. You know? Yeah, because they they talked about him and um, uh, but. Um, Gosh, he's a jovial guy. He 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 would be great. He would be a great face for the Catholic Church. He's such a jovial man. He's an he's an American. He's a Midwestern man. He's uh you know he but uh, he's he's adept at speaking. Obviously, he's a great public speaker, and he's got such a mood about him. You know, again, if you're we're looking for a. We're like we're looking we're looking for a pope, you see, and we're looking for a pope that's going to be very jovial. No, it's really it's really it, it's hard not to have a guy up there that's so that would be so pious and so heavy-handed, so to speak, as we said before. Um, I, I don't know. It, it could be it could be a deal where they go in with the idea of let's you know let's market this thing. You know, we're losing we're losing customers, and we need to get a guy out there who's the, who's a face and a name that people can relate to, even if you know they aren't from. My continent, I can still relate to them because they're they're speaking from the core of what I think most. I can't speak for every Catholic, but as a Catholic growing up as a Catholic, there was a beauty and a love and a a, a very very beautiful feeling of being in a church or being in the house of the Lord, so to speak. It was a it was a great feeling, especially as a kid. I you know I I couldn't get an I used to I really liked to go to church on Sunday. I was one of the few you know weirdo kids that liked to go to church with my mother and father on Sunday, and um, it was fun because we would do certain things and I connect those things with church, you know. So it's 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 a, it, those are good memories. But I know at the core of it, I know that a lot of people are down on that you know on the religion. But at the core of it, it's a beautiful beautiful belief system. We and that's where I think people want to hear more about. Because as as much as the new age has come in, it's also brought in that whole desire for the core of things, the core of my, you know, of what, why do I exist? You know, who am I? Am I God also? And you know, those questions come up. But in some in, in some religious sects, that's not a question you ask. Right. But with the new age, those things are starting to become a part.
heart of it, and I think that's what people are looking for. They're looking for the core of it, the core, the beauty of that of that particular belief system. And also, as people step into their own sovereignty, they're not just going to want—they're not going to want to be ruled over anymore. They're not going to be—they're no. not going to no. want to told, be told what to do and and what not to do. Um, it's just not going to happen. And so, and not just—not just Catholicism, but everything. Everything is going to have to come in alignment with that as more and more step into their sovereignty. <clears throat> yeah. Any any religion where they they uh, put a middleman in there between the people and God is, I think, endangered. And Agreed. it's perhaps one thing to say, okay, if you're in a really messed up place in your head and you can't hear your guidance, you know, you can lean on a friend, right? But mm-hmm. it's another to say, well, you can't talk to God. You need a priest for that. Mm-hmm. Er-ger. <laughs> anyway. Well, wouldn't it, yeah, no, wouldn't it be right? Nice I mean, to, that's, really, to, uh, that's really with the core. That's what I'm saying. When I say the core of it, I think what people want is they want that direct connection to everything. They want to now connect to things. They 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 know how to do that. We've evolved, you know. We've evolved, and that's the main thing. You know, stories and all the things you hear. And you know, again, you know, you can argue that the Bible is a, is a righteous document, or you can say that it's a book full of parables, and you know analogies for things but or whatever metaphors for things but the the bottom line is uh a lot of people want to like you just said Rick they want a direct connection they don't they want to they want to eliminate the middleman they can go online now and order stuff without going through a whole thing with a salesman you know it's become more than that it's become a lot more than that oh, they yeah. want a direct connection a direct connection and i think that that you're absolutely right about that absolutely and this this whole subject and and you know it as we stay on it it starts to bring up all kind of people's little rilings about this that or the other but it it, it makes a great bridge for our it's all about the love even the not so loving bits was that what you said yes. yes 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 because i think that um i think that people have this this misconception that um not only are those who are in um places of I'm not going to call us teachers or spirit guides, or I don't even want to put a a title on it, but um, it, those who seem to not be learning anymore but seem to be teaching, uh, people seem to perceive that we have this whole thing figured out. And, uh, you know, I, I don't. Um, and I think that when it comes to love and relationships, be they with our spouse or with our friends or, you know, whatever, we um, we just need to get back to the honest truth of things, which is it's not always bunnies and rainbows and butterflies and wee. So I thought that if we were going to do a Valentine's show, that we could bring on the one couple who I know has been through through a lot of shit together health issues, um, just change of life issues, taking their life in a totally new direction, um, figuring out who they are, but while they're still together. I mean, that's got to be a challenge and a half to to look in the mirror while you're with somebody, realize that you're somebody different, and to follow that path and have the person stick with you regardless. I, I thought who better to bring and talk about the truth about love and relationships than these two people that we have on the line with us right now. Because, I mean... 
you know, we promise our listeners that we talk truth to them. So let's talk truth. Let's talk about the fact that it's not always bunnies and rainbows and butterflies and the Beaver Cleaver household, surely. <laughs> hey, listen. Have you? Let me tell you something. Have you watched? Have you, if you watched any old Leave It to Beavers? I don't want to be lascivious here, but how hot is Mrs. Cleaver? June Cleaver was hot when I was a kid. I never saw it. Watching it, I'm like, wow, she's on this. Holy cow! And she was just there. She was always there. And Beaver came home from school. Molly came home. She was there. Ward came home. She was there. And it, the pearls and the dress. Oh, my gosh. I don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but on a rant here about her. But it just, it just it, when you brought, when you said the demented Beaver Cleaver house, and I'm thinking, just June with, like, a little bit tighter skirt and, and black pumps. Now you're talking. No. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, you've just tainted, tainted that vision of her in my head for her. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Everything. No, she she's uh, indomitable, like Donna Reed now. Oh, uh, there's another one, yeah. But, uh, no, and thank you very much. Uh, Jean, I guess you were talking about us? I was Casey, talking I- about you guys because he – been through some shit. Like I've been, I've been following yeah. for. I mean, we've known each other now for a little over a year. And Mark, you had, you had, you had us all a little worried this <laughs> this past year. Um, oh. And we were all praying for you, brother. So you know, and but I mean, to watch you guys go through all these different things and to know the backstory a little bit and watch you go through all these different things. And I swear to God, you spent more time laughing than you did anything else. And I understand that there was probably a lot of anger at some point and there was a lot of crying and there was a, but you did it together and you laughed together and you found this, this way to make it okay. That whatever was happening was okay, you know. I mean, freaking hurricanes and, and all kinds of have been through so much shit in yeah. such a short time as a couple. A lot of people, yeah. Together. No, I, I appreciate that. No, I appreciate what you're saying, but I have to tell you one thing. I think the main thing, and 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 not to go really really long on this, but the, the really the very important thing, and I think everyone, there's no secret, you have to laugh. You have to. You have to. There's there's no way around it. Um, I think I, I think if it wasn't for the fact that Stacy actually gets my sick humor and I get her, well, I'd say sick humor. Oh, I'm going to say it, sick humor. Not so much sick, but just things that no one else would laugh about. We we do. We laugh about it. We're in it. We're in it up to our necks. We laugh. I, I don't know why. We just do something she says. The way she looks at me, I look at her. And it just works, and I don't know. I, I I was thinking about it today. I don't know why it works or why she would even, you know. I mean, I wouldn't. It's you know, it's like half sentences right now because <laughs> it's I, how you know how does anyone get through? Yet yeah, when you mention it like that, when you list all those things, it's like yeah, but yeah, but I'm with Stacy. Yeah, but when Stacy said, you know, we got through it. And, you know, I think it has, I think, I will say this, and I'm sure most most partners would, I, I attribute my partner, my partner's sense of humor, my partner's just just her her desire to love me and what she does for other people that I've seen and I've witnessed that she's done for other people. Um, I could relate a story, uh, but it's a very personal thing, but I watched her transform someone who was, very distressed in her life and 
this person was I didn't know she was, if she was going to stay or go and within 10 minutes of speaking to Stacy this is even before I really knew Stacy this person was back to having color in in her face and smiling and and talking and communicating and connecting again and that's something I never forget and this is what Stacy brings to the table so to speak this is what she brings to me every day and if that's why it works or how it works then I'm fine with that and that's My Mark, really cool, Mark, but uh, I know you want to say it, Stacey, but I'm going to say it for you, my honey, because I think he needs to hear it. You have no idea, Mark, I think how many times she told us, she's told us that you're the rock that she that she launches from every time she spreads her wings. So that's I think that's the key to why it works, because you, you two have so much mutual respect for your role in each other's lives. And and I think people need to pay attention to that because you value what you both bring to the table. And no, Mark doesn't have to be the channel who's out there changing the world. He has to be the one who's holding the hand of the person who's being the channel who's out there changing the world because without him holding her hand, she has nothing to keep her firm and grounded and, and here and to know that she's safe and secure and loved and supported. And I think... And that's very true. When when Mark and I first uh, got together, um, we it, it's funny because I, I always tell the story how before he and I actually came together as a couple, I met him a couple of times. I was very good friends with his sister, but one of the times I was with him, uh, it was his birthday, and at that time I was reading the tarot. And I did this tarot reading uh, for him. And it showed that this relationship was like right there. In fact, I was surprised it, he wasn't already in the in the middle of it because it was right there. And uh, and I saw that these two would be coming together, and there would be huge. The, the relationship would move so fast, and that there would be huge spiritual growth between the two of the, you know as a couple. And I walked away that day. Bye. Have a nice life. Never realizing it was me, and that that who the woman was in the reading. You know. And then when we got together, literally, I mean, things just really started um, hitting the fan because um, we were married in October, and then by in that during that winter time and early spring, I started channeling. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, everything started shifting, changing, and Mark didn't understand everything and he still doesn't always get a lot of my processes however the thing that he does for me is he allows uh the space for me to be me and while while I while we both I'm looking at him while he's talking while while I'm talking to you but while we both so appreciate the fact that you recognize the respect and there is there's a I have a very deep abiding respect for my husband I mean, there are times though where we don't have where where we do get angry with each other, where where we are disconnected on some level, where he's not getting me and, and I'm not getting him, and and of course, you know, I, I deal with my emotional stuff. He he deals with his emotional stuff, but the bottom line is we always come out with more love and respect for each other, um, and um. And it, it's been tough. I mean, when when I said I want to jump and I want to do my own work, 
uh, he said, honey, jump. And, uh, you know, financially it's been a struggle. And then on top of that, there were a lot of health issues. You know, there was um, on Mark's end. There was just a lot of stuff. But, I mean, we look at it now, and we're still kind of in the midst of some of it. But I don't know. I look at him, and I'm just so happy he's home with me every day. And he's so happy to be home with me every day. And I, I just don't know what else to say about that, other than he's my most favorite person in the world to be with, you know. And and, I, and I'm looking right at him. I know he feels the same way about me. So uh, crap comes up, sure. Every day things come up, but there is a respect. There's an honoring thing that comes in. Even that night when he was very sick and he had to be rushed to the hospital, I mean, obviously, and we we both knew it was his heart. <clears throat> and, honey, what, were you going into your third hour of a heart attack? Yeah, he was going into his third hour of having this heart attack. And the kids were here. It was Christmas Eve. And, and I went and I talked to the kids. And, and, I mean, we have adult children. They were all here. But still, there are kids, you know. And I went to them. I said, listen, I don't know what Dad's choosing to do. If he's going to stay, if he's going to go, I don't know what he's going to do. And I don't mean to sound cold about this and, and so detached like I'm a robot because that's not how I'm feeling. But the bottom line is we have to honor whatever decision he's going to make. And so I said, I need to go ask him what he's going to do so we need to, so we know, are we taking him to the hospital or are we just going to create a nice space in the house for him um, so that he can make his transition with ease and grace. And the kids were fantastic because they get it too. And and that's when I realized, wow, I really, really, not only do I love Mark the man, but I so love Mark the soul being. And, like, that was really huge for me, to be able to look at him and say, honey, what is your decision? Are you staying or are you going? And to actually feel a piece of my heart with whatever decision he was going to make. Um, and he's done the same for me, not to that extreme level, because it's never gotten to that sort of extreme level, um, but he's done the same for me. And even the, I don't know, We long story short, like a couple of years ago we found out we were twin flames. Now, now I have to tell you something. Mark, look, he, he's looking at me. He knows me. I don't buy into that whole New Age romanticism stuff. I don't. Soulmates. He's my soulmate. She's my soulmate. Oh, my twin flame. Like, I don't buy into I just don't. Some people feel that way. I'm sorry, but that's just my personal thing. And Stella, Stella, um, um, I don't know what that is. Are we still on? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Stella, she was she was a guide I had met like many, 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 many years ago. And interesting thing, Mark went for a reading many, many years ago, and Stella came through as his guide. Oh, neither one of us put that together. We were just, ha, 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 we have, we have the same guide, whatever. Um, and then about two years ago, uh, Stella, I was sitting outside in the backyard, and Stella made an appearance, and I hadn't uh, conversed with Stella in quite some time. And um, and Stella came, and then she started talking to me about Twin Flames and um, about me and Mark. And... Um, and that shifted everything for me. Again, I still don't buy into the whole romanticism of it because even though we are we are basically the same soul, like when I say Mark's my other half or if he says I'm his other half, we literally are the other half of each other in, in on a soul essence uh, level while still being very individual. 
Um, and so it's interesting how we relate to each other on that level. However, we we still have a very human relationship where we generally we we don't go calling each other names. But I'm going to tell you something. I have called him every name in the book in my head, and he has done the same. He has called me every name in the book in his head. So it's not like it's all hearts and, and flowers. And there's a lot of stuff that comes down the pike. We each, even though we're the same soul essence. Uh, we're still very much um, separate beings, you know, with our own thought processes, our own emotions, and our own baggage, you know, our own issues, whatever you want to call them. And so, you know, we are absolutely very much, um, it's a very human relationship, but it works. And I don't know what the formula is, but it works. Well, but that's the first... Yeah, that's the first formula is, you know, it's a very human relationship. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good place to start because, you know, I was a teenager once and I had seen Beaver Cleaver growing up and movies at the theater and, you know, there were these images that had been provided to me from many different sources of what what a beautiful relationship looked like. And... My parents were real good at displaying that to others. They had a real a real relationship, but but they put on the face of the cleavers for the rest of the world, including us children. And um um so I had kind of a rude awakening of, you know, life's not like that exactly. And um but I'm a firm believer that if there is such a thing as this soulmate type relationship that your soulmates that liable to drag all of the negative belief systems, thought patterns out of up and out of you for examination and disposing. Yeah, I can't, not, I can't not that can't they're the ones that are gonna make you go hypnotized, you know. La 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 not so much. <laughs> I met my mirror once and, and we can't be together. That's a ridiculous concept or plan. I just the whole idea was insane. <laughs> we can't do it. It's not. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just didn't. Um, but, okay. Did you well, hear the sound? Um, Stacy and Mark? Yes. Yeah, we're. Oh, okay. It's, uh, it's us, it's not them. We're. Oh, we're I can hear you fine. You guys sounded fine. You, you, were, you were coming through uh, the whole time. Yeah, but you guys sound horrible to us. I can't hardly understand you. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, play okay. some music. Everybody can go to the washroom, fill up their okay. tea or coffee. And um, I'm going to hang up and call the show okay. again and see if we can straighten this out. So uh, we'll play uh, some Earth Prayer. Rick, can you hear me? I can hear you, but it's very heavily staticky. I know it's not Stacey's there. Stacy's going to call back. For Mary. No, 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 you stay on the line. And, oh, okay. Uh, um, because it's not you guys, it's us. It's Gene and I, okay. you know, our connection. So yeah. anyway, okay, good. we'll be uh, right back in about five minutes, folks. Stay with us. Fun.
All right. Welcome back, that everybody. That was really good, G. Nice job. What? <laughs> well, I, I, I swear. I'm going to unmute. you doing the high harmony on that song? I, I, I swear that was you. It was? I'm going to unmute one of these days and, and let everybody hear her sing to the song, because she sings when we're on hold. And and about the time I threatened I was going to do that, and she said, don't you dare, Blog Talk instituted this policy of having a beep go off in our ears when we change from <laughs> mute to unmute. So now I can't. Because I always get my way. Yeah. <laughs> so we can go into our little yellow bubble of silence, our green room or whatever, and 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 then when we go back to mute, it beeps. And the, the first four or five times it did that, she didn't believe me. She thought I was putting her on live and trying to catch her. Uh, well, do you know there's a, a little guy on our end. Little, there's a guy. It sounds like a guy's voice that goes unmuted, like really sternly to let you know that you're unmuted. Oh, well, that's cool. On. Yeah. You know, and I thought it was oh, you. Just we don't get singing. that. We just get a little beep. We, beep. We just get a little beep. And if yeah. I was singing, like if I was into the song, if he did it at just the right moment, if I was really into it, I wouldn't yeah. hear the beep. Because I get so lost in that song. Yeah, one of these days, um, I'll, I'll still catch her one of these days. George will tell me when it's the time, and I'll just push the button. Tink. We were on our feet to that song, too. It's a very nice song. Uh, it's cool music. Isn't it cool? Yeah. Uh, me loves it. Yes. <laughs> Forgive us, Lord, for we know not what we do. Yeah. But we're having a fun time doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We still don't know. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm having fun getting there, so let's go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I I have a question, and I'm just – it's something I noticed um, in my own finally uber-successful, grossly truthful relationship. Um, the one thing that the demon and I promised each other that we would always do was be completely honest, whether we liked it or not. Um what is interesting to me about this one relationship that really, really works is that we had absolutely no plans on having a relationship. And I'm wondering maybe if that plays into the success or the non-success, if there's no expectations. You, you know, you know it's just said that it's, that's a very good question because that I think it, that's the hang-up for, you know, a lot of relationships. It's like certain things, that, you know, as you know, certain things aren't – we all have expectations. Maybe maybe they aren't met at a certain time. That's the way some people operate. We we well, I don't, and Stacy doesn't conveniently, thank goodness, because we really didn't need, in the way people say, I need you in my life. I need you to be the other half of me, and we really weren't. We weren't. That wasn't part of it for us because we really didn't need each other. Uh, we wanted to be together. I liked to be with Stacy. She liked to be with me. I remember before she could say I love you and before I could say I love you, it was like I really, 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 really like you. And that's, I think, as important and more important, I think, in the long run, as you said earlier, when you mentioned changes, you know, physical changes, we get older, things change, you know, we're not that get-up-and-go couple we used to be. Were we ever, dear? I don't really think <laughs> But uh, <what> we <laughs> We, you know, things do change, and you have to. That the thing that sustains you um, is, and in this case, I think, is that we don't really need each other. I don't ever want to feel 
for Stacy to feel that I need her. I can't move with, move around or operate without her. I prefer to operate within her proximity. I prefer that. <laughs> you know, I, right. I think she feels the same way. I don't know if prefer is is a you know a word of passion or whatever. But I I really 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 like her. I really do. And and after ten word. years, and I'm sorry. It's a word that makes sense, you see, because yeah. I've experienced the same thing. That's how we operate here. Is mm-hmm. that's that's what's different now than you know my marriage is that I, now I don't need him to survive. Right. I don't need him to be whole. I don't need him to to do what I'm passionate about doing. I don't need him to to uplift me and to hold me. You know, to I don't need him to survive, but I like him around. I like having mm-hmm. him around. I like sharing the journey with him. What I mean, I, I like knowing that he's in the other room, kind of thing. And he doesn't have to be sitting here holding my hand. And, you know, watch his hockey game while I do my show. But mm-hmm. he's there, and I like that. Perfect, Gene. That's exactly. That's is really exactly how we feel. I was saying it the other day. I, you know, I, I, we we live in a fairly. I wouldn't say it's a huge house, but there are three floors. There's there's where we sleep. There's the main floor, and then there's downstairs. We, you know, we've been fixing the place up the last few years, and we've got a little a little um, cave. We're not going to call it a man cave. It's a people <laughs> cave, <laughs> but we go down there, and we have our you know our big TV and our and our couch, and the dog lays on the couch with us, and we watch movies on Netflix. <laughs> and uh, I'm describing like every person and every other couple in the world, but that's really what we do. And there are times when Stacy's somewhere else in the house, and I'm somewhere else in the house. She's on the computer. I'm somewhere upstairs on a computer or someplace else outside. Where you know, but to know that that person is there, that that person is in my proximity, and I'm in her proximity. That's the thing. It's really, it's that simple. You know, it's really that simple, and there's no big secret. If you don't like the person you're with, you're, you're with, or, or you feel you have to help change them, or you can't change anybody. You can't. You can only change yourself. And if you change by changing yourself, you, you leave a big piece of you somewhere, that you know, is a part of you that you want to have, available to you, and you can't. Then maybe. Maybe it just ain't gonna work out. But in this case, we, I, I don't give Stacy anything. She she takes what she needs from this relationship. I'm willing to give, and vice versa. I think I think I don't know if I think that's it. I think all well, there is to it. I don't know. What you, it, it, it's kind of that simple. Last- Big thing. I mean, again, we get annoyed with each other. Uh, there, you know, you right, we we live. <laughs> I, okay? I, I want you to just remember this. But we spend twen- literally, we spend twenty four seven together. Literally twenty four seven together. And so, I mean, there are there are times where you know he'll get annoyed. We we sometimes have very different uh, operating systems. The way we operate and kind of go through life. Um, but basically, it, it's. Um, it's still that I just really like him. I just like him. And and again, <clears throat> being two, I like that Mary said it, it's about two sovereign beings. We've both accepted that, you know, while, yes, we're, we're, we're a couple, but within that couple, there's still, Mark still has his own very individual presence, and I still have my own very individual presence. 
you know, they have this thing, uh, there's a saying, you know, out there that says opposites attract. Yes, opposites attract, but I, I, I think it's more the commonalities uh, that keep you together. Uh, you know, when you have core things um, that you have in common, and especially a sense of humor. I mean, people, I'm telling you, if people ever heard some of the things Mark and I laugh at, they would think probably we were the most racist, most what? terrible people oh, on the planet. <laughs> but we even laugh about, all right, honest, very honestly, with Mark's health things, obviously the, the sexual relationship was out the window for quite a while. Um, and, I mean, we even laughed about that kind of stuff. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you have to. It's about, but it also have comes to... to I want to I mean, be it's honored. Not like you can, so I, I mean, we all want to die person. having sex, but he wants to be the person who kills them. Say it again. I said we all want to die having sex, but who wants to be the person who kills them? <laughs> That's a very good point, Jean. Very good point. Yeah, well, right. I was so so who's going to be that person? So. <laughs> That's why you, know, you, you have to point. have humor about it, or else you're going to go insane. Yeah, it's all fun and games until something like that happens. Well, but but this really is to me. It's you guys recognize you're not the same, but you like to hang around. You overlook each other's foibles pretty much, and you know call each other names in your head about it, but <laughs> overlook it best you can, and you get on. And really. Isn't that just emblematic of what we're trying to figure out how to do as a people on a planet? Is, you know, okay, I don't like what you think about that, but, you know, I do no, want to go true. see that newest Batman movie, so let's all go together. You know, it 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 it, it really is. It's it's uh it, it used to be this codependent example in my in my opinion, you know, and you know, I need you, and I, you need me, and we're not a whole yeah, person unless we're together. And really, the, I don't want to be a half a person. In all the traditional everything, I mean, that's what relationships were about. They were about needing that other person. You know, it was two halves make a whole. Blah blah fucking blah. Well, I'm sorry. I'd rather be a whole person alone first. than a half a person together with somebody. That's the important exactly. thing. Exactly. As time goes on, and, and we all know, and, and we're not we're not we're not holding. Mark, huh? you complete me. Oh, and you're completely complete. <laughs> Believe me, without me, you ain't complete. And that's what we say to each other every day over over tea in the sunniest room of the house. No, but it's it, it for some with people, fresh daisies on the table. <laughs> that's right. Always fresh picked flowers, even in the winter time. <laughs> One of us rushes off to the gardener and. Goes to the greenhouse, but uh, it's a, it's an idyllic life here in East Brunswick, New Jersey. <laughs> but it, the thing the thing that is that when when we when we know and when Stacy mentioned it before, we are together quite a bit, uh, a lot. And in most cases, you know, when you don't you don't think of it, I don't think about it. I, I I'm not I'm not saying that there aren't times. When, what did I say today? I just want to get out of here for a while. I want to get away from this house. I want to. Go. I want to explore. It's, it was a nice, relatively sunny, relatively warm day today here, you know. So, there, and Stacy didn't want to. She wasn't feeling well. So, you know, 
It didn't work out. And then Mark pouted. <laughs> and then she made a really nice dinner, and we got happy again. But, uh, it, you know, the main thing, and, and we joked before about, you know, the cleavers and the whole thing, but, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, you know, um, I guess we're the – I don't even know. I don't know if people like us, if we're ever going to be the closest thing to middle, like middle American, that, that that's over. That's all over. That's not even, you know what I mean? It's that's not too that, much you know, like average anyway, middle American. Yeah, I don't want yeah, to, I've seen average. Av- I don't want anything to do with that. Normal. No. That's like See, normal. We're, normal. We're, yeah. we're more like the Adams family over here, but that's just, yeah. you know. But yeah. well, it's, it's always, you know, we, Mary asked earlier, I think it was, I think it was Mary, said, you know, maybe Roseanne and Dan, Connor. <laughs> yeah, that's. Pretty, I always that's thought that was close. more realistic representation of loving yeah. relationships than, you know, Ozzy and Harriet. Yeah. And, Maybe and not Ozzie every Harriet is what people thought it ought to look like, or what people wished it looked like, or. But I don't think Ozzy and Harriet lived that way. If they did, they need to be committed. No, I think if you watch watch some of the episodes. And they say that some of those those situations were based on real life. You know, uh, Ozzy was a kook. You know, I mean, uh, he was just a kooky guy, and he got into kooky situations. And uh, you know, uh, if, if you know, if anybody's looking, for, you know, look through any window. They say, you know, there's that that song. I think it's an old Kink song. Uh, look through any window. It's just to say that you know, what, how how do you live? How are you living? Um, you know, we're not we're not hugging and making a heart shape with our necks like two swans every day, you know. But I think, I, and I think we said it before. I think the level of res- we do, and we do we do um, physically. We like to be we like to hold hands. We like to be close. We like to sit close. We like to do those things. Um, not to be you know, and not, not to be like in public. We're not like fourteen year olds and just making out at the mall. That's yeah. just not, you know. We no. did it once. Held out by the security, and we stopped. But we, you know, we can't go back there for a year. We, we went too far. So you know, they have our pictures on everybody's every vendor's uh, every vendor's counter. But uh, no, essentially, we, you know, I don't know if we would be considered as far out or as you know, um, you know, Stacy's a channel, and I'm a uh, uh, broken down old entertainer, and um, you know, we. Our, you know, our kids still squares. You know, we're just or ninety degree squares. Oh yeah, they just things, and they're just like, oh my god. It's well, we always tell them the same thing. It's just the beginning, kids. Just wait till we're much older, and let and we care less. You know. Yeah, we we still care a tiny bit. What you think? But it's going away fast. (laughs) (laughs) We've been. You try to you look them in the eye and you go, no, I know, I know what it's like. Not you know, you, you you're working hard and you feel like you're going uphill. I know, I know, and uh, it's fun in a way because I, well, I don't want to talk about first marriages and I don't want to say that my first wife was a dark person, but holy crap, there would be times when, you know, we just weren't jiving. We we didn't look, we didn't see anything at all the same we saw she saw dread in our future and i saw possibilities and i saw dread and she saw possibilities it we just never we never gelled but uh, they can't hear us okay i don't want to go too long anyway uh, but we never figured it out we never figured out how to how to make that work and it just didn't work but when it came to our children and we still do it today we we share th- we share three really uh, Ryan, Valerie, and Matthew, uh, they're grown. 
but they, you know, they come to us and they say to us, this is happening, that's happening. And we tell them, well, this is what we did. And they go, well, that's the old days, you know, before when people used to have to carry change in their pockets to make a phone call, you know. You know, so it's 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 not so different as it was when we were younger. But you know, again, we understand you have to you have to keep your sense of humor. That's what we tell our kids. That's the main thing, and that's one thing that Stacy and I agree on completely. And I think that's the one thing, the main thing that keeps us all sane is to go a little crazy sometimes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. If we if we couldn't laugh, we would all go insane. Right. Uh, exactly. Exactly. And that's and true kids, even if you're I mean, alone in life. Yes. And our kids are funny because, and you know, we this is something we do not take for granted. I mean, um, I have a I have a son from my first marriage, and basically he was an adult when Mark and I got together. And then um, we have Valerie and Matthew, who from well, he's really not much of an adult at 33, but <laughs> now, but um but anyway but our and our two younger ones what was that Maddie was like 15 Val was about 18 she was about to be 18 but even the three of them um we Mark and I get a kick out of watching them maneuver life and like our daughter is very much the free spirit our daughter um uh, our daughter is always yeah she's open um to how wherever the universe is going to take her um, and her two brothers kind of always need some sort of a plan, especially the older one. And but what, but Mark and I, right from the beginning, have always said, "Wow, like how blessed are we that even the three kids, um, they call each other brother and sister. They, uh, in fact, Ryan's going up. He was just up there. He, Ryan usually goes up once a week to go see them. And when the five of us are together, forget about it." I mean, sometimes we have we wind up having to go in separate rooms because we're laughing so freaking hard. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think we really take too much seriously, and that's even the big stuff. We just don't take it seriously. You know what I mean? I do. I mean, isn't that what that whole enlightened thing is supposed to be all all about, anyways? Lighten the hell up. So there's a perfect shining example of what that can do for you i mean i'm not going to say that the family union is always in perfect harmony but if you're having fun with each other 90 percent of the time and having ah, i'm going to kill you moments only 10 percent of the time then you're doing 80 percent better than most of the other families on the planet so it's all good as far as i'm concerned that's that's very true, and, and, and in this case, I think I think the main thing I think the main thing for us, and and for me, it, I I would say it's for me personally. I, I think just growing up in an atmosphere, I don't know what you'd call it. There there were there were there was a lot of arguing and a lot of dysfunction, if you want to just coin a phrase. Um, so I, I you know that's where I came out of the other end being kind of like the clown, sort of like, you know, the one to, to to get in the small car and have my head stick out the sunroof and to do silly things and to, you know, uh, I don't know, just, just be the clown. And, and it, it, it sort of morphed into something else. Um, and as time went on, I felt that was the easiest way to do it. And what it's done is, essentially, now that I'm, uh, you know, now that we're all older and everything, the kids are older, they expect that, <laughs> 
so, so yeah, and you know now it's like, listen, I'm tired. I don't want to be, you know, the, the 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 one with the jokes anymore. But it, what I what I think I want to convey to everybody at any point that laughter, humor, um, is is tied is tied in with with respect and love for people, and you know you want people to like you, but you also want them to respect you and to you know to understand you and if you you know if you give them laughter if you make them laugh this was my theory and it still is and it will be make them laugh get them you know get them to relax because if you can get some if you can get someone to laugh you know it's you know you've 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 sort of gotten through a layer and then once once that that energy of laughter is released then then you can have a dialogue with most people i think with most people if you make them, if you if you smile with them, if you laugh with them, it's like breaking bread with them. You've you've it's it's a personal thing, it's an intimate thing, you know. And and I think that's very important to remember with people you know, people you don't know, your kids, your parents, if they're, if they're still alive, your your siblings if they're still alive, even if they aren't, you can still laugh with them. Um, and that's the most important thing, you know. They say love is the glue, but I think. Laughter is sort of like the uh, the the little thing you rub first to make the glue work better. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's that's really I I I think that's what's going to keep our relationship going is my wonderful sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> and not getting not my to wife. Imagine his intense modesty. Oh well, yeah, you know, and my my ego. Keep my ego in check. No, but the main thing is to, to you know not forget that. To laugh, you know, when we're when we're younger, we laugh, we have a good time, and at one point someone says, "Hey, you, stop laughing, sit down and shut up," or something it's to that effect. To start taking life seriously. Seriously, and person. if you watch twenty really minutes do. of CNN, I mean of uh, C-SPAN, you go ahead and take it seriously. I'm going to laugh at it. Not everything's a joke, and that's true. You know, uh, pain and p- people's pain and so on. But there's a way. There's a way to to help. And my way, the only way I know of helping is to have fun, is to laugh. And, I, and I'm lucky enough to have found somebody that values that as well. Oh, well, that's right, smart enough to recognize another person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, you know I, I really would, you know, I was, I was expecting somebody somewhere out there or you to ask me, what's it like? But you know because you are you you're you're both very uh, spiritual and very enlightened people. So I mean, how does that affect your dealing with people? How does that affect your dealing with your loved ones? Um, you know, I I think in most cases because we're enlightened, where the word light is in there, and we sometimes you know have to remember to keep it light. Enlightened people have to keep it light, not be so heavy. You know. And that's the main thing, you know. Just, you know, don't don't laugh inappropriately, but keep a laugh, keep a laugh in your throat, keep a laugh in your throat. It 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 could come in handy. It can come in handy for a lot of things. Oh, absolutely. It it really is. It's almost to me, you know, if if love is the glue or whatever, laughter's the lubricant that makes everything <laughs> slide together. He said the- <laughs> yeah, well, somebody had to say it, so yeah. 
because you can't have a Valentine's Day show without the word lube. Yeah, it's got to be in there somewhere. And maybe this would be a good time to tell you about the new KY line of... No, I'm kidding. Tonight's sponsor... Oh, no. <laughs> you didn't know. I was time. And can I tell you a funny story? I can tell you a funny one for real quick. Can I tell you a funny story? Yeah, yeah. I hope it's funny. That's one thing I hope it is. But I used to work for a company that sold adult products. I'll put it that way. I don't know what the limitations here are. But, you know, we sold adult oh, products. <laughs> yeah, you say that, but that's like working at the Hershey, Hershey's chocolate plant, okay? You're there for two uh, weeks. Everything is chocolate, and you're eating the chocolate. And you, <laughs> I know, I'm really working hard at this. But after about after about three months of it, it gets a little crazy um, to the point where, you know, they have these catalogs. I mean, we're talking phone book thick catalogs of products, and some of the names were so outrageously, I mean, just, I, I consider myself a liberal person, right, honey? Yes. Yes. But some well, of the names were... You could be a fuddy-duddy. You oh, well, put it this way. Some of the names of these products were just so outrageous that I just learned the numbers, the serial numbers, the catalog numbers, because when you're talking to a lady from Des Moines who's ordering something for a, uh, you know, from one of the, uh, adult, one of those toy parties, I, I just, I don't want to share those words with anyone I don't know, a woman, a person, man, anybody I don't know, whether they're from Des Moines or Chicago, I don't care. But uh, their lines of uh, the amount of, of, can I use the word again, lubricants? Yes. Is, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, use it again. I, I just have to say that the, uh, the amount and the, the, the type of, of them are, are, are almost limitless. So mind-boggling. No, it's mind-boggling. There's no excuse there. I don't know if it was funny, but that's the truth. All right? And, there, and just keep in mind. Any day is a good day for what's the word? Lubricant. <laughs> Lubricant. That's right. Funny story. Funny story. When Mark and I are uh, actually, we had just gotten married, and that's when Mark called to tell me um, this job that he, had, this new job he had gotten, and I laughed so hard. At the time, I was on the on the weekends working as a. I was. I had my nine to five during the week where I was uh, doing accounting work, and then on the weekends. I was doing readings, and I was connecting with people who had passed over, you know, bringing through messages and things like that in the very beginning. So when Mark called me, I, I got off the phone. I laughed so hard that all the girls in the office turned to look at me, and they said, what's so funny? I said, well, I'm picturing Mark and I having a baby and it being career day at school. Hello, little Johnny. What does your mommy do for a living? Oh, my mommy talks to dead people. Okay, little Johnny, what does your daddy do? Well, my mommy talks to dead people and my daddy sells vibes. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. You know, and that basically sums Mark and I up. <laughs> there it is. Wow. <laughs> you know, and it was like, you know, and then, you know, other people's kids would be like, oh, we wish you were our parents. <laughs> You don't go look at us three. That's how you know. Really shaking in the corner, smoking Camel cigarettes. No, that's not true. No. But yeah, well, yeah, we had some interesting, uh, we had some interesting dialogue when he was working for that company. You know, well, lots bet. of no. But even through our marriage, I mean, there's been a lot of job loss and stuff like that. And I remember the first time Mark lost a job, he was so nervous to call me and tell me. Uh, based on his previous experiences, 
And when he called me, I said, oh, good. That means you'll be collecting unemployment for a while. And he said, um, yeah. I said, good, come home. <laughs> come home. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. And it, it's like, uh, you know what? You always get through things. And well, honey, I wanted to stay at the Y and, and drunk for three weeks. Or, uh, but anyway, Whatever. anyway, yeah, life is good. Life is good. Oh, it is. It is. Um, it, it, there's a lot to be said for this holding space. It's an allowing the space for somebody else to be who they are and not holding an expectation of who they're going to be because it, it makes you feel hemmed in even if you don't know that, even if the other person never voices it. It just you feels bleh, restrictive. And uh, Yeah, that's beautifully said. Beautifully I mean, said. he does... He does that for you when you know the professors will be like, no, no, bring you here, come here. Exactly, <laughs> and it's a and space Mark, holding thing. Yes, and he has he has really, if it wasn't for him, um, for the beautiful huge space of allowing that he provides for me, um, a lot of this wouldn't even be happening, and even his infinite patience. Um, where sometimes where, especially in the beginning when I first started channeling, I, I didn't know, I could not function in, in, in the quote-unquote real world. I couldn't function. Um, I didn't want to. I mean, let's face it, when you're always dealing with uh, spiritual, you know, spirit beings and you're seeing how beautiful things are um, on that part, you don't want to come back and play in, in the physical world. I didn't. I don't want to come back and play in this physical no. world. Um, yeah, so he's going home to heaven, and I'm going to stay there. Exactly. There but he do. was the one who I had to have held that space. Yeah, I totally agree mm-hmm. with that because I there, I couldn't go to malls unless I had um, unless I had the demon with me. Like I couldn't do anything in public because I couldn't cope with that. I, sometimes I couldn't even drive the car. It just uh-huh. seemed so so foreign. You know, yeah. I mean, it didn't, Absolutely. and and it was. There were times when they, it was almost like it was. I'm not going to use the word scary, but I almost want to use the word scary because you'd go into like a really busy mall during the holidays, and and I'm kind of you know I'm holding on to them like if I let them go, then I'm going to get lost in this sea of I'm not sure what this energy is, but I don't belong here kind of thing. Um, so I get exactly what you're saying. I wouldn't have survived the writing of my second book without without that grounding. Without him, yeah. yeah. And Mark has always, uh, you know, people, I always tell people, I, I have the big personality, you know, uh, but Mark has the strong personality where he... He's he can be he's very very grounded sometimes a little too grounded for my liking <laughs> and sometimes I'm a little too untethered for his liking you know and there's just a um there's there's just a middle ground that we find but uh, he definitely keeps me tethered but not without movement there's so much room to move within that. And I know I can say confidently I provide that for him too. Uh, he he's definitely his own being, and and I love him for it. I love you, honey. I love you. Aww. It works. Out. We both love each other. Oh, the- well, love sounds- show. 
we're we're lucky, you know, we're all we're kind of lucky in in many ways because we have so many people that um and we've been able to extend that love and have it, that love, you know, brought to us. Yeah. No, that, that we <laughs> it's reciprocal because we it just it does. It radiates out and that's the, it's the feeling uh, that I, you know, not just with uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, getting on Facebook, seeing, you know, uh, seeing Gene's posts, seeing Rick's posts, and seeing the, you know, uh, the great information and the, the the fun people are having, you know, uh, being on Facebook and so on. That really, you know, that's opened up my eyes personally to a lot of the new age stuff because I have to be honest with you, the whole thing, you know, I, I know I use the phrase new age because that's that's how I refer to it. Um, it, it, it. It's a it's a great thing in many ways because there's so many people that every walks of life that are involved. Um, there's there's very little. Um, um, there's uh, for most of the people we're in contact with. There you know there is very little. Uh, I want to say I want to use the word bullshit, but it's not airy fairy. Is a lot a lot of the bullshit's been taken out of it, you know, and it's it's really helpful. A lot of the things. Um, and the light puffy girls. And the yeah, we have the the, the local the the Jersey. <laughs> That's the Jersey housewife I uh, show I want to see. I want to show the, the the girls in light posse. Uh, that's the Jersey housewives I want to see. They have a lot of nerve putting whoever they had on there, but because these are to me these are the whether, regardless of their gender, they're good people, and you know. Um, you know, just getting together in, 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 you know, socially that way, you know, being able to do things with recently with you, Rick, you know, going and Gene, going on, you know, going on the radio or going on Skype and just seeing someone, you know, it helps. It really does. It takes the, it takes the stuffiness out of it. And when I first got together with Stacey, that was my main thing when she was said, Oh, I read the tarot. You know, we'd go to the new age store where she was uh, doing readings and it was, Oh, so, you know, woo woo and wookie spooky and, the clientele was a little, you know, too groovy for me, and I'm thinking, oh, this isn't really. I I avoided this, you know, throughout the you know the 70s and so on, all the crazy stuff, and you know I wasn't buying all of it. But then when I realized I'm actually involved in a relationship, an adult relationship, <laughs> with a the real deal, and I'm sure, Gene, your husband probably feels the same way. When you know you're you're with someone who's the real deal. It's it enhances everything, you know. It makes you proud of her, obviously, that she can do this. But it also fascinated me, and it opened up, you know, it did. It opened up. It changed my life. It made me a less angry, violent type of person to a more understanding, more uh, uh, hopefully compassionate and enlightened person. And um, you know, I. I well, it, it's interesting well, that you that you put it that way, Mark, because he does take his role. I think in the relationship very seriously because I get I guess my role in some of the really interesting and twisted late night conversations that we've had, but he does take that role very seriously, that protector grounding role that you know you got this thing you're going to do with your life, and I'm going to be here with you while you do it. And um, yeah, it's been you know I think we we really ought to get you two together someday because I think you and the demon <laughs> would get along just. Fabulously well, we, well. You it, can, huh? 
We can oh, yeah. Your- <laughs> yep. Oh, God. She's not crazy. She's <laughs> she's enlightened. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Don't call her crazy. She's enlightened. And and that's chapter one. That's um, yeah. You know. You know, uh, 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 listen, and and when when all yeah, this... chapter two, he ain't heavy. He's my demon. <laughs> <laughs> this book is writing itself, man. It's really great. Oh my god, and you haven't even met yet. Holy crap! <laughs> the three, uh, chapter three, the recipe Gene uh, for cookies Gene gave us earlier uh, in the broadcast. <laughs> just, just yeah, just. You know, just put that recipe as chapter three. Then yeah, make those could you can read chapter four. That could be okay. the inter, intermission chapter. You know exactly, and then and then we can go right. To, we can go right to Stacy's dad's pastizu. What else? Spanakopita. And why don't I weigh? I weigh. I weigh, I weigh I'm not going to send you any pictures because I weigh 500 pounds now. But uh, no, it's uh, it, it is. I think it might be time for uh, you know. An understanding of, of of maybe the book you read or the things you hear about before you go in, you know, into something like this. Because for some people, it's you know, it's still it goes against uh, goes against the grain of some belief systems, and you know, that's oh, the thing yeah. I think that for us, uh, for me especially, I, I don't I don't want, want anyone to get hurt by anything by this. You know, if I, my concern in the beginning with Stacy was, listen, as you get into this thing of for another totally completely short story she was working at a place in uh down here in bedford new jersey it's down the shore toward the shore a friend of ours who had opened up a shop um from the place in red bank where stacy worked originally this woman opened up a um a place in bedford not not far away from there and she wanted to do basically the same kind of story you know spiritual uh herbs and so on and so forth well she would bring stacy into the readings but that's when the transition started from going going with the what I call the props, the tarot cards or whatever you're using, the roots you know, those types she was using tarot. After a while she said, I don't even see the cards anymore. I'm just going, you know, I'm going just looking at this person and I'm getting what I'm getting and it's I'm channeling. And okay. And then she began to channel, um and at one point and I wasn't there and I'm glad I wasn't because somebody I guess uh had a problem with the fact that she was channeling and was afraid that she was channeling some demonic, you know, some demonic entity, and he threw he threw salt at her, you know. So I said, "Oh, here we go, you know. I'm going to turn into like, you know, I'm going to be like Britney's bodyguard now. I'm going to have to get into fist fights every time we go to a thing, you know, because some some jerk is going to throw something at my wife." And um, you know, I really there were times when I felt like, you know, listen, can we keep this a little bit more to ourselves? Can we, you know, can we not have, uh, a, you know, can we not we not invite people in? <laughs> uh, it just it could, wasn't going to happen. No, Stacy, the big personality, said no, and um, not only that, Stacy, the real deal, said no, and she knew she had to do this. And going back to what I said before, when I see some of the people now, I, I sometimes I see some of the clients that come to our home. Sometimes I see the clients, and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I see people walking in one way, and they come out another. And that, for me, is everything. That, for me, is everything. And for everybody who does this for the right reasons, and and I want to include both of you, Rick and Gene, I want to include both of you in this. For people who do the right or doing this for the right reasons, 
it's to me it is awesome and it's breathtaking. And I'm not blowing smoke. I don't smoke, but I just want I, I want my wife to know that. And I want everybody who reaches out to other people to help in their way, whether they're enlightened, whether they're psychic, whether they're not. If you reach out, you are psychically connecting to someone else, whether you think you are or not. If you reach out to one person or a hundred thousand, a million people through the heart, you are you have you are the real deal. So that's the that's the beautiful thing about being involved in this energy. It's fun. It was scary in the beginning, but now it's I start I can see what it does for people. And little by little it's one person at a time it's so it can be so taxing sometimes but one person at a time if 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 it takes just that one person at a time keep going don't stop i promise not to stop being a clearing for my wife and she's promised me that she will not stop doing this for the right reasons and helping because if she didn't i wouldn't and that would be that I think I think Jean I think your husband probably feels the same way and I know I mentioned quitting once and holy crap did I ever catch it <laughs> Quitting yeah, once she thought I would give her a hard time but wow Yeah Yeah I I caught it um and and I can't think of a better way to end the show to be quite honest because I I don't think um you know, for those who are out there, and yeah, there are those who aren't doing it for the right reasons, but for those who are out there doing it for the right reasons, that reason is love. And I think that, um and Excuse you know, me, Gene, I don't want to interrupt you, but, and you will know, and you will know whether it's the right, the real deal or not. And I'm saying this to people in general. I'll say this to anybody. You'll know when it might seem like it's a little bit, mm, 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 rip off. It probably is, but you'll know when you when you when you're confronted, so to speak, with the real deal. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to get that point across. But don't worry. Don't, that's, a, don't and that's a beautiful and valid point, and we appreciate it because you know, we always encourage our listeners to to follow their heart, um, to follow their inner guidance and wisdom, because that's you know. That's your higher you talking to you and saying, hey, yo, over here, or maybe not down that road today. Um, so, yeah, it's a very, very important, valid point, and I think that it's a beautiful way to end the show. Absolutely. Know, to honor that love that that we don't just have for the people that we share our bed with, but for the people that we share our lives with, our passions, and some. Um, our space with and when I say that I, I don't mean that quote unquote other half I mean those other fellow human beings who we are blessed enough to share this amazing planet with um, so what cool. that to me is, is a great way to to end a love show yeah so happy Valentine's everybody absolutely and thanks for and I have hanging actually, out over time for us and you have I have I have one quote, I think, um, before we go and do the calendar bit and then say goodnight that I think Mark would really appreciate. Um, And it's it's a Cherokee proverb, and I I found it on the Internet, but I want to end the night on this note because it's such a beautiful proverb. Um, A woman's highest calling is to lead a man to his soul so as to unite him with source. 
A man's highest calling is to protect the woman so she is free to walk the earth unharmed. Um, Mark and Stacy know what that relationship is all about, and I certainly have felt that relationship. And, um, you know, I just I wish that on everybody else as well, because it's a beautiful thing to have. That's good stuff. Good stuff. I like these Indian people. Yeah, they're pretty smart. People. Yeah. Didn't yeah, get enough credit for that, they didn't. Can't get no respect. So That's okay. Interestingly enough, after tonight's show, Tuesday's show, is a fellow that is from Woodbury, New Jersey, and went to <laughs> school in Newark, New Jersey, and, you know, Joyzy, baby. Another Joyzy guy, eh? Yeah. That's awesome. Kevon Brown will be with us. Uh, he started writing back in high school, and uh, now he's... Uh, Doing amazing things. His first tell us going to tell us about his first novel, Hero: The Manipulated Perception. Huh? Manipulated perception. Mm-hmm. Say it isn't so. <laughs> is that, Manipulation. Is that Earth? something what? like the the you know member of the media possibly fabricating parts of a story? I mean, never happens. No, never. No. Say no. Mm-hmm. Say it isn't so. Surely not. Surely not. All right. Well, Stacy and Mark went. They're done, I guess. They're through with us. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we I'm just them. kidding, you guys. Um, um, beautiful show. Beautiful couple. It's an honor to have both of you in my life. Our lives. I would assume I could talk for you, speak for you. Oh, absolutely. And I try not to do that. But. Yes, of course. Uh, Awesomeness. So big love to all the folks in Joyzy and everybody else and all of our tremendous podcast listeners. Uh, we hope that you had a good Valentine's Day or whatever day it is for you. So join us on Tuesday. And until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourself. Stay connected. Good night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free just like your everyday connection. companies sold you an outdated plan tied to long-term contracts and mystery fees. Simple Mobile's different. You get a lightning-fast 4G LTE nationwide network with no contract ever. And keep the phone and number you love. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Standard text message and data rates may apply based on your mobile phone service. 
Please refer always to the privacy policy at simplemobile.com slash privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details.